this is Richie coming at you from the School of Marketing HQ. Before you dive into the show, I just want to tell you about a brand new short 12-week program we've launched called the Giants Marketing Masterclass. The program gives you access to insights and expert comments from over 25 CEOs and CMOs from major companies like Unilever, L'Oreal, M&S, Pret, and WPP, just to name a few. We focus on six key areas of marketing, customer, brand, commercial, creative, channel, and data and analytics. So if you were looking to upskill yourself or your team for just two and a half hours each week and get access to a network with our industry's giants through our live sessions, do check out the School of Marketing website for more deets. Alrighty, for now, enjoy the show. Good morning, everybody. Slight, sorry for the slight technical hiccups, but uh, we're, it's worth the wait because uh, <laughs> we're very, very happy, delighted, in fact, to have Megan Farron on the show. Welcome, Megan. Oh, good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, no, that's absolutely our pleasure. Um, and for those who, you probably don't need that much introduction in fairness, but for those who don't know Megan, um, Megan has had a stellar career already with lots more to come. And in fact, <laughs> we're on a bit of a cusp moment in Megan's career. We'll come back to that. But uh, Megan was Chief Marketing Officer for KFC for six years. And I think it was quite an action-packed six years. Um, yeah, of course, many awards and big moments, including running out of chicken. Uh, but I remember Megan saying that when she, I think she came back from maternity leave and, and felt that it was a bit like a, a fading old man and tired and needed a bit of reinvigoration. So we'll hear about that um, and, and all that went with KFC. But also you probably uh, weren't aware maybe that Megan worked at Goo, which I think is, that's the great freebies uh, of all jobs. Uh, strategic consultancy as well. Um, and JP Morgan. So Megan has certainly been around a few sectors, so a loads, loads of experience to share with us today. Um, she's also a Marketing Academy Fellow. We've had a few of those on, including Ed Smith recently. Uh, and it was a uh, Marketing Academy, Academy Fellows uh, alumni retreat, there's a mouthful, that I met Megan. And I think actually I probably pitched Megan to come on the show within about five minutes because I thought she'd be a brilliant fit. So it's fabulous to have you on. Megan's uh, also in the Campaign Power 100 in 2020 and probably 2021 as well um, and the key thing is Megan is on the cusp of moving to a massive job at Asda um, with a team of 250 people uh, in a at a really interesting time for the business and so it's the, this is the first time we've had somebody on who's just about to go into a new massive job uh, and so you know I, I, hopefully people have got questions around what does that look like how do you get ready what are you looking forward to? What are you nervous about? It's sort of a really interesting transition time. So, Megan, it's fantastic to have you on the show. I uh, hope you enjoy it. And um, I know our guests will. And I will say thank you and hand to Richie for the first question. Oh, thank you, Mark. And, and Megan, thank you so much for, for taking the evening out for us, um, as, as we should say. Um, but look, why don't we just kick off? Uh, you've clearly been through a, a bout of change over the last 18 months. Um, <laughs> love to get... get Sorry there. There we go. The technicals continue on, guys. This is this is called blooper morning um, <laughs> with us at the School of Marketing. So there we go. Um, no, but look, um, clearly lots of change over the last 18 months. Love to hear how it's all going. Yeah, I mean, um, well, loads of change, obviously, um, like for the world over the last 18 months. Lots of change for me personally. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, honestly, uh, I think the last 18 months have been this kind of crazy. Um, I've had some really good things happen in the last 18 months, like really, really personally, like 
learning about myself and um, what's important to me um, that I should expect like more out of balance and that I can have more and, and that's okay. And I should ask for that. Um, but then also some really, really tough times, like tough times at work, obviously tough times like in our society, I think. Um, so it's, it's a very odd time to have such a crazy mix of very volatile, very spiky emotions in such a short amount of time. Um, I think work-wise, so I've been at KFC until just the end of August. Um, you know, our business really weathered COVID pretty well. I mean, it's been mental um, for anyone in the hospitality industry and, and many others, but we just had muscle memory of how to manage a crisis. And, um, and I think had the teams in place and the right culture um, in place that I think we came out in, in an even better place than we were before we went in. Um, so came out much stronger. So, you know, from a business perspective, um, yeah, it was tough um, and very exhausting, but also, you know, not, not, not terrible, to be honest. You know, we had good business results. So, um, yeah. And now I'm in the States visiting my family. That's why I'm over here in the middle of the night, guys. So <laughs> taking a bit of time off before I start a new job. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be in, intense when you start. It always is. So, yeah, you get, get, yeah. get that rest. And uh, slightly apologies for interrupting that at three o'clock in the morning. Oh, but don't be silly. Yeah, it's all good. You, now, now, you said uh, you said over the last 18 months, you've learned a lot about yourself and what's important. Mm. So what have you learned about yourself and what's important? You know, I think the, I guess the biggest realization for me was that I always thought I had balance. So I always thought, oh, no, like. I've got this thing. I've got to, so for the audience you know, who won't know, I have two little girls, one five, one eight. Um, my husband runs a startup, a menswear fashion brand, direct to consumer, um, which is about eight years old now. So it's actually, you know, it's not really a startup. It's kind of moving to scale up. Um, you can give it a plug, by the way. You can give it a plug. It's a good audience. Perhaps. Yeah. Okay. For um, menswear that, um, that uh, actually fits, uh, it spoke dash london.com i'm doing a really bad job of this you would not be happy about this um so yeah check it out but um i always thought you know in my 10 years at kfc kfc is a brilliant company to work for it always puts people first um and i was able to make the choices generally that i wanted to make that you know that worked for the business and for me but i traveled a lot i was commuting an hour a minimum of an hour each way depending where i was headed every morning um and, and then COVID hit and it was like, wow, like I can sleep and exercise and see my kids and see my husband and also do a good job at my job. And I was like, I, I didn't even know. I just didn't, I'd never had it. So I didn't know that I didn't have it. And, and I think I won't, obviously I won't have the luxury of, you know, being home all the time forever. But equally, I think I won't go back to the balance that it was before. It was out of whack and I didn't even know it was out of whack. Um, I was so tired and I didn't even know I was so tired. Um, so I think that that's one of the things. It's like you can't miss something that you've never had. And now I've had it and I'm going to do everything in my power to keep hold of some, some part of it. You know, Megan, it's a really interesting point. And we're really at a, at a moment in time where we're trying to refigure that balance out. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've got people that we're working with, some of whom sort of are, are, you know, trying to get people back into the office now and others who are kind of saying, well, actually, no, you know, that's sort of the end of it. Um, where do you, where do you see the middle ground? And, and perhaps, you know, you're entering into a new world when you, within your new job in, in ASDA, where would you try and draw the lines with these things? 
Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really hard, first of all, um, because I think to do this well, you need leaders and managers and coaches and bosses that are um, really clued in with each individual employee, because I think what every person needs is, is actually really different. What I need is very different than my 22 year old uh, social media manager who's sharing a um, house with seven other people and, and actually doesn't have a nice you know, study somewhere off to go quiet and do Zoom calls all day. And, and actually what you need at that age is really different than what you need when you're 40 with two kids and, you, you know. Um, so, so I think it's, it's partly just being able to really understand what your team need and also for them equally to know what the business needs because it's not just about only what the team needs. It's also, you know, you're part of the team so you have to do what they need sometimes. Um, and, and I think it's being able to trust each other enough to have open conversations and to say, hey, this is what I really need. And, and also, you know, to sometimes give what the business needs from me. So um, it's, you know, gosh, at KFC after 10 years, I had all that type of trust and deep relationships um, going into a new, with a new team and a new business. And I don't know the ways of working. You know, I, I don't know. And I'm sure there'll be times when um, I'm nervous to ask, but I'm, I'm going um, to try to be, you know, willing to be vulnerable, basically, to say, hey, this is what I need. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think it, it's sometimes it's about, especially as like an individual, it's about remembering that you have choices. Um, you know, you don't have to work for this company. If it's not working for you and your personal life um, or for what, you know, you're not getting what, what you want out of your life on a day-to-day -day or, you know, over a trended time period, you have a choice and you can make that choice and it's it's just a job and you can go find another job. Um, and that can seem really scary, I think, when you're when you're younger, um, because it is also hard to get a job sometimes. Um, but also it's very liberating to, to embrace that sense that you know you, you can make a choice. And if it's not working and it doesn't work for you and doesn't work for the business, what you need you can make a choice to go find that somewhere else. So I think sometimes that's, that can be liberating as an employee to think that, so. I love that. Uh, uh, Megan, great perspectives. And you mentioned vulnerability. And I think that's sort of one of your um, not so secret superpowers in terms of if you don't come with hubris and ego and, you know, um, in fact, the opposite. Um, so we, we will inevitably look forward, but for, let's rewind a little and look back. And I'm curious to know, how did you find your way into marketing in the beginning? You know, I, I, um, I didn't really have a plan. So I'm not one of these, you know, there's some people are so good and they are like really organized and they have a whole plan. Um, I never had a plan. I, um, after I had done, as you, as you said, I was in banking right out of school and that was because that was, I wanted to live in New York and that was the job I could get to be totally honest. I, you know, I wasn't, I learned a lot from it and got a lot out of it. Um, and then eventually moved to consulting to learn a bit more about actual business um, and the reason I went to Goo was because I wanted to work for a brand in a, in a line role. I wanted to be in a function, not in a strategy team writing kind of strategy PowerPoints. Um, and I just liked the brand. I was really passionate about it. And <laughs> I called the guy, I mean, the, the founder, Jim Aberdeen, and I, somehow I managed to get his email address from someone. And I, you know, I just hounded him until he would meet me. And he gave me a job in sales because they happened to have an opening in sales. Um, I was not good at sales. I mean, it was not, it was not my thing, but I did it. I learned the business. Um, and then what I realized 
was that all of the kind of the important decisions that I felt I wanted to like have a say in uh, about the direction of the brand and the direction of the business and where they put investment, that was being driven in the marketing and in the brand team. Um, I mean, the sales team had, don't get me wrong, like lots of power and influence in the business because if you tell someone, oh, Tesco will delist, well, they'll delist us if we don't give them this, the business runs. Um, but it was the, really the strategic choices were being made in marketing. And I was like, actually, this I, I want to go over there. And there was an opportunity come up um, in a brand manager role. And it wasn't a promotion. I think it was, I mean, they didn't reduce my pay, but it was like a backward step kind of career-wise. And um, yeah, I just took it. And I worked for this marketing director, amazing woman who had come from uh, Pepsi and Walker's Pepsi. And I just learned from her, to be honest. Like we just, we were a team and she was, she taught me everything she had learned and she'd done all the proper grad schemes and everything. So um, yeah, that's kind of how, that's kind of how I got into it. I tell you what, Megan, you must be an absolutely quick learner there because, you know, being able to jump to marketing sort of midway stream and then, and then be able to excel is absolutely brilliant. Um, just so you know, um, Sheila saying, so I think your understanding of your colleagues' diversity of needs is brilliant analogy for the diversity of customers' needs and very refreshing. Yeah. So there oh. you go. Um, you. Megan, I want to, I want to pick up on something uh, that you said when you said, when you, when you were getting into goo and you literally hounded um the the individual and i love that by the way because actually i think in today's world you know you, on the one hand we talk about choices and on the other you did mention that it's pretty hard to get a, a good gig these days and i just want to kind of get your reflections on on that moment in time and perhaps a little bit more around sort of career trajectory and how you know how you were able to sort of carve your own path in many ways and maybe some advice that comes from that about being able to to go after organizations that you may want to work with maybe there's a story in there about how you got gone to who knows yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it is fun. I mean, when I made the jump from um, management consulting into Goo, it was really risky at the time. I mean, at the time, I look back and I mean, what a great decision. But at the time, I had no idea if this was the right decision. It was really scary um, because, you know, I don't know if anyone knows, but management consulting, you're, you're, you're on a very good salary. You're making a lot of money, even though you don't know anything. Um, you make a pretty good salary. Um, and then I went to the startup. I took a 50% pay cut to do a job. I had no idea even what, like a national account manager. I didn't even know what that was. I didn't know, but I was like, you know, I'm in and I'm going to learn. And in a small business, you will get to see everything. Um, so that was, you know, I was like, I want to work for a brand I'm passionate about that I can get excited about like growing. Um, and where I'll have the opportunity to see stuff and learn. And it was just a foot in the door. I was like, I just need a foot in the door. And then if it goes somewhere, that's great. If not, you know, then I can use that to go find the next thing. Um, and I managed, so basically I asked around because when you, you can write, you know, try to talk to people on the websites and sometimes that's back in the day as well. There wasn't the same level of social media. I mean, this was like 15 years ago, probably. Um, and someone happened to have met Jim, who was the founder of Goo at the time. Um, it, they met him at um, some trade show or something. And they said, oh, I have his business card. And, and they gave me his business card. I didn't even have a personal introduction and I emailed and then he just ignored it. And then I emailed and he ignored it and then emailed. And he was like, okay, just come in for a chat then. <laughs> and I walked in and it was just chaos in there. And he had a dog and there was a dog in the office. And at the time that wasn't like a done thing. Um, and he just gave me a job, you know, we, we chatted for like 10 minutes and he's like, okay, well, I need someone like in sales. So 
you can do that. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the, for me, I don't know if it was so much persistence. I mean, it was persistence, but also just the willingness to take a leap of, to take a, a big leap, like if, what felt like a, a leap of faith um, and, and to go where something felt excited and exciting and interesting and where I'd learn a lot. And I was scared because I mean, sales and going in to see buyers and stuff, I was terrified. Um, and I think that's good. I think, you know, I'm not sure a lot of growth comes from being comfortable. Um, so yeah, I think that was what was very interesting. And then it, you know, it paid back because then I was able to build the experience and eventually moved to KFC. So. Awesome. I, I love that persistence. You reminded me of a story. I worked at 118118 a few years ago. Um, the founder, Robert Pines, um, was uh, doing his MBA and he got a lecture from Tommy Tish, the, you know, the Tish family. Uh, and he said, I've got this great idea for kind of making director inquiries really efficient. Um, if you lend me a million bucks, I'll turn it into a billion. And Tommy Tish, he wrote, he wrote to him every day for one year. And after one <laughs> year, Tommy Tish said, OK, let's meet. And just as you said, he said, like, like let's do it. Let's give it a go. And he did turn it into a, a, a billion bucks. So anyway, no, no, it's fabulous. So, I mean, you, you, you are on the cusp. Um, so how, how, are you, how are you getting yourself ready, match fit, for what's mm. bound to be a, you know, a, a whirling, swirling start? So I don't know. Maybe, this is, maybe I'm just being totally negligent, Mark. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm resting. I am just having um, – I'm just trying to – just be deeply rested. Um, I found it. So I, I've worked at KFC for 10 years. Um, and of course I've, you know, like you've had your holidays and stuff, but never more than like two, two weeks max off. I mean, I know we rarely take two weeks um, just because of our schedules and stuff. Um, and I heard this um, amazing, uh, I think he's a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but he came to speak to us uh, at KFC last year about burnout and the signs of burnout. And he talked a lot about the chemistry, the biochemistry that happens in your bodies um, when you're, when you feel a level of stress over a long sustained period of time. And, um, and not all stress is bad. You know, there's a lot of good stress. Um, and it, he's super interesting. I can uh, put a link if anyone's interested in the chat to, to some of his um, things. Please do. Um, but um, uh, he, there's this, this, tidbit that he said this factoid of like it takes 21 days for cortisol to leave your body like when you have too much cortisol when it's been built up um 21 no one ever goes on a three-week holiday you don't do unless maybe your honeymoon you know if you're lucky um it has taken the first two and a half weeks of being off just to just decompress completely and so that's what i've been focused on honestly i've been focused on exercising i've taken up yoga which is really hard as it turns out, especially if you're not, I haven't really stretched for 40 years of your life. Um, I have read books, done, read the New York Times. I've like done my crossword puzzle every day. I'm doing all sorts of admin, but I'm just looking after myself. That's mm -hmm. how I'm getting ready. Um, and then I'm just having coffees with some of my team, you know, that I just, cause I can't wait to meet them and just to say hello. Um, that has been my priority for my month off. Um, because I'm just, I want to arrive fresh and um, yeah. And as you say, match fit, but match fit in a really like physical kind of mm -hmm. mentally calm way, if that makes sense. 
Um, but I, I am starting to think about the challenge. I mean, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't. So yeah. And just to just to build there, so what what do you think are the big challenges going in? Oh, you know, um, I think it's going to be an epic challenge, which is why I took the job. I wasn't actually. I was starting to think when they called me. I was starting to think, oh, five years at the end of this year, five you know, five six years in the role, maybe it's you know, starting time to be ready for something else. I'm not movable because my husband runs a startup, spoke-london.com in, in Richmond. So we're based here. Um, and Yum would probably want me to go somewhere else. Um, and um, yeah, and they just, it's the most amazing opportunity to help be part of the team, like to be part of the team that could put Asda like back front and center on the map in the UK, this huge brand with so many British roots. Um, there's been part of like communities and households for like decades. I mean, it's amazing. Um, and there's scale as well. So much, obviously much bigger scale than I had at KFC. I mean, we have more restaurants at KFC, but, um, as of just the sheer size of it and, um, the team members and the size of team and the ability to impact that was also, um, incredible. And then, you know, what the, I heard from these guys was just so much ambition and real investment with the new owners. You know, they want to invest, they want to grow the brand and they really believe in the power of brand and marketing. And I think the other thing is that there's real, um, I love the idea of building an incredibly talented, like kick-ass marketing team. There's going to be a competitive advantage for Asda, you know, like in that, in that um, grocery retail space and there's an opportunity to like mix things up. And I don't know, I'm just... It's going to be really hard, I'm sure. And I don't know how successful it will be, but I think how can you not have a crack at that? It's such a privilege to, to have that kind of opportunity. So, um, yeah, that and, is. Um, and, you, and you just said you're not thinking about it much. You've literally spelled out <laughs> you know, the grand plan. That's perfect. That's no, really cool. Magnet, just, you know, what's really cool about it is just so your excitement and energy for, for this new challenge that it's just mm. kind of coming through in noodles. Um, by the way, Chirag says, woohoo, yoga. Um, he's, a, he's a big yoga yoga buff, and I think he teaches oh. yoga now as well. So, so there you go. I'm getting into it. Um, here we go. Oh, another comment coming in from Chirag. So I work in Mars, and we've just had our best ever gum execution with Asda. There we go. Hey, um, <laughs> Megan, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna throw in a bit of a curveball question for you. Um, okay. so, don't worry, not not not, not, <laughs> not be too major here. But um, I just want to ask, what, what's it like? Um, sort of, you know, you're clearly a, a career corporate girl. So what's it like marrying to a startup guy? How's that dynamic play out? Oh, do you know, um, that is a good question. Uh, it's, it is interesting, you know, because um, I'm in awe. I'm totally in awe of what he has done. Um, I never really, you know, I did work at Goo, but that was like already started. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like founding something from scratch. Um yeah, I, I think it's when we do talk a lot about work, but we talk probably, I would say more about his work at night in the evenings, because I, I think what you notice, and he was a founder, a sole founder, so he, he didn't do it with a partner. Um, I mean, he has senior people in his business now, but it, it's been him by himself for a long time. Um, you, know, you just don't have the team. And I think that's what I, you know, what I just appreciate massively is that when you are at the scale of KFC with the budgets and the which enables us to work with amazing agencies and amazing teams. It's so much, you know, I don't want to say easier, but like you can live up to the potential in some ways. Whereas like he is just fighting to hold on to great talent. Um, 
And, you know, he just has to think so differently about every challenge in front of them in every function, marketing or otherwise, um, because he, because you really, you're on a shoestring and he, every pound they spend is like, you know, if I, if I spend this pound in the wrong way, it could mean the difference between being able to, you know, pay my team for another month. If the fun, if, you know, or, or having to get fundraising earlier or later or, you know, things unwinding. And I think the pressure of, of that is immense. And I'm in awe of his ability to do that. I think it, it's, I don't think that two of us together, <laughs> like if I was running a startup or building my own company and he was doing it, I don't know if that would work. There's something about, we have the stability and I'm really happy in a, in a big organization. You know, I like that. Um, I can operate well, it plays some of my strengths, I guess. And he's amazing in that. He just wanted to always build something himself and build a brand and he's done that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we do definitely talk a lot about marketing. I mean, he's always bringing me marketing questions, yeah. but then my approach is like, well, that won't work in a startup. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> Brilliant. Lots, lots of free advice. Uh, now, no, Megan, you, you said that you're already, that your career is a little bit squiggly. I mean, that they are for nearly everybody. Um, I'm sure there's been setbacks and stumbles. So it's always good to hear how people have learned through the difficult times as well. So what, what's some of the stumbles that you've encountered? Yeah. Oh, you know, you're, it's so right, Mark. Like when I look back on my career now, I mean, it's very, I think very little that I would actually like change, change because now in my head, you know, I've just learned so much and it's made me the person that I am and I appreciate that person. Um, but yeah, but at the time, <laughs> that's not how it feels. Um, I will say, I think the biggest thing that has marked me um, when I was at Goo, and as I said, I was in, um, I had gone from sales and category management into a brand manager role. And I kind of moved up. I got promoted a few times. And then all of a sudden there, the marketing director I spoke of, who was great. She, uh, decided to move back to New York. She's American actually as well. Uh, for some reason, details not important. And so she left suddenly and, um, I, Oh, I was like, they had me in the marketing director role on an interim basis. And I really wanted this job. I mean, I really wanted this job. And um, I was doing it, you know, I was kind of doing the job. And then um, they said they were going to interview externally as well. And I could be a candidate and interview. Great. Um, and it came down to me. And then there was one other woman and um and she was obviously had much more marketing experience, like much more background. And, and actually that's what like this, you know, there was a new CEO would come in and he wanted someone who was like a sure thing, you know, wanted like the person who had like the CV with marketing on it. And I didn't have enough of the training and, you know, fair enough. Um, but so we interviewed and then I never heard anything. And I was like, you know, what's going on? And I just carried on. Right. Um, thinking if I just do a great job, then like, he's going to see that I can do this. And then like, you know, I've got a chance. And then I got a call from the GM in France, who was a, a friend of mine. She's British. I had met her in the UK. And she said, oh, you know, I heard, um, I heard from Ogilvy or from one of their agencies, I heard uh, that they've hired, they've hired the new marketing director. And it had been announced already at this other, this girl's job in her business. And it had been announced um, at the agencies as well. So I, but he, no one had a conversation with me. No one had ever spoken to me about it. Um, it was 
you know, it was the shame. I was so ashamed. I mean, I still can feel it now, mm. even though like I went on to then work at KFC and I've had, you know, it was all good, but I still feel that shame of like, gosh, I wasn't good enough. And having to like tell my husband, I didn't get it. And then also just the, it was so belittling to not have been told properly and to not have been set to, for him to have not taken the respect to say, um, you know, and here's, here's what we want you to do, you know? And that was, oh gosh, I remember going back home. I just remember it. Like I was just sobbing on my sofa and then then I was like, okay, you know, they, they tried to give me a different job. And I was like, no, I think it's time to go somewhere that, you know, is a better, is a better grower and builder of people. And, um, and I landed on my feet and it was fine. And I look back on that and I think, Everyone needs to have experiences like that because you need to not get the job because what you learn about yourself and the resilience you build and the character you build um, to pick yourself up and keep going. And sometimes you need to pick yourself up. It's not, you know, it's not just career stuff, but business stuff, you know, crises and you have to pick yourself up and keep going. And, um, and I think to have that kind of confidence, you actually have to have gone through some, some tough stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was mortifying. I mean, I was just, but hey, look, I can talk. I've shared that twice publicly now and I, and I, and I didn't cry. So that's good. <laughs> it still uh, feels really careful. Yeah. I can see that really cuts deep and uh, brilliant that you can share that. Hmm. Um, I, I mean, every, you're right. Everybody needs to not get the job, but that is just poor the way it was handled. It's but poor. but, but, all, but all, all credit to you, Megan, for sharing it so, so uh, honestly and openly. So uh, back to you, Richard, but thank you. No, not at all. Uh, Megan, I mean, honestly, the, the best part about that story is that you have proved through and through that you are more than good enough. And I mm. think that's what that's what's amazing. And it's about, in, in, in many ways, read between the lines where it's sort of, you know, get back up, kick ass, you know, mm. make it make it work again. And then, you know, kind of go, hey, guys, you missed out, not me. Yeah. And, you know, I think the other thing I would say, would, would, and I do think this is important and I can see that with perspective now. I think they were right to hire this, hire this other person because she was better. And if they had handled it properly, I would have worked for her and learned so much because it's true. I didn't have loads of marketing experience. I had lots of good experience, but I did not have lots of technical marketing experience. And I've actually worked hard to kind of build that up in, because I came, you know, my career when, well, yeah. wiggly. Um, and actually, you know what? I think, that, I think she was better qualified. Um, and it was just the way it was handled that was so mortifying. Um, but she, you know, to be honest, she was great, and I'm still friends with her, the the woman they hired. Um, but yeah, sometimes you are not the right person for the job, and and you know that's okay too. And you will, things will go on, and it will be okay. Yeah, totally. So um, on that note, mm. I'm going to ask a bit of a polarizing question, um, okay. and and I and I and I urge you not to say it depends. Um, <laughs> Um, so when when taking on new people into the marketing function in in today's day or an age do you choose the veteran or the underdog i mean it depends (laughs) (laughs) i knew it well i mean i think both i mean we've we have a mix of both i would say it really depends on the job and also on the balance of the team you already have. Right. Like, I think you, you really do want, you know, if you've got whole, if you've got all, you know, I don't want to say young, but junior people or people with less experience, um, having someone who knows the rules and to then can help, you know, who, who knows the rules, knows when to break the rules. 
that's quite important. Someone who's trained, who's had lots of experience, like that is really important in grounding and centering and calming a team. Um, there's just maturity that comes with experience that you, you know, you just, I don't think you can have at 22. Um, I just, you know, having been at one of those 22 year olds um, and, um, and it, a team needs a mix, I think. I know, sorry, that I don't mean to cop out, but. <laughs> no, no, it's a good, good answer, good answer. <laughs> no, it's, uh, but Richie, I mean, that's always the best response when you have a def- difficult question, it depends. Um, now then, uh, so, so Maggie, you've talked about learning from some great bosses. Mm. Um, uh, we were both part of the Marketing Academy Fellowship, which has mentoring as a key component part. So, uh, and obviously we run the Mentoring Gen Z scheme. Um, trying to help people into the industry. So what role has mentoring played for you, both in terms of being a mentor and being a mentee? Mm. Yeah, I mean, well, I love mentoring people, um, mainly because I learn stuff um, every time. And, oh, yeah, and it's also, um, uh, you know, if you set it up right and you create the right tone for the discussions, it can be a really safe space. and yeah, every conversation I've had with any of the, the amazing people I've mentored through the Marketing Academy has been awesome. Um, I've learned loads and they've always been so interesting. Um, the, on the mentoring side, um, I actually haven't had huge numbers of mentors in, in, you know, in my career. Um, at KFC, they have like formal programs. Sometimes you know, it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think it depends on the chemistry and such. Um, I've recently, through through the fellowship, I was put in touch with, um, well, I, a mentor and a coach in, in SIL, and she's been amazing. But I, I think there's something in, um, to be honest, like just finding the right bosses and finding the right people to work for. And I would say that that has probably been the greatest influence on how I've developed as a leader in the last like five years would be, I worked for an incredible woman who, who's, the CEO of KFC in the UK. And I feel so privileged to have worked for her because um, I have learned from her how not to be fearful or how to be fearless. I've learned from her, um, it's okay to stand up for like <laughs> what you need. I've learned from her, it's okay to speak truth when no one else believes. And when they, do- when they say you're wrong, just to keep going. Like, don't accept no for an answer. Say, okay, well, you think on that and we'll, we'll speak again in a week. Um, and she, I think, has been the most powerful influence. She's a mom as well. She's got two kids. She's in obviously a super, um, a very pressurized, incredible job. And I've just seen her um, stand up for what she believes in, in, in big ways and in little ways, and to not be fearful of of, of anything related to that. And I think it, that has had a profound impact on, on how I have, it's given me the confidence to do that for myself. And I think it's the greatest gift um, is to give someone that confidence. And she, um, yeah, she, I mean, she's incredible. I, on, I honestly put so much of my success down to the coaching I've had from her. Um, and so I'm so lucky. I don't know if I answered your question though, I'm sorry. No, you did. <laughs> Um, I'm going to I'm going to turn to another question, but we're running out of time. So probably sorry, one I or two more. No, no, it's all. Look, it's been awesome. Um, so this is a question from Chirag. Um, I know, Chirag, you sent me a couple of questions beforehand, but I suspect you want this one answered over those. So um, what's your role framework to learn so fast? So jumping from many industries and functions, what are some of the ways you get up to speed quickly? Um, and how much um, of a role does just working super hard long hours play 
within that getting up to speed aspect of things? Oh, those are great questions. Thank you. Um, okay. So actually on um, the first one, I think it's just about being curious. So I don't, um, I don't know. I you might tell I'm not the most organized person already. I'm not super, super, I don't have a framework. I just try to understand, you know, so I ask questions and I think it's like the combination of curiosity and humility is so, so, so critical, particularly in marketing and in marketing leaders. It's like the really wanting to understand why something's happening, what's happening, and then having the humility to say, you know, oh, I, I don't understand or why would that be? And, and asking others to explain that and for others' points of view, not assuming you know all the answers. I think that's how you learn. And then having the courage, having the courage to speak and say, like, I just really don't understand what you're talking about. That's <laughs> how I learn. I mean, honestly, and I still do it. <laughs> and often people thank me for asking that in the room um, because other people don't, don't understand and they're scared to ask. And, but if you don't ask, you'll never learn, right? Um, so I basically just, I read masses. But my reading, it, like I can go down rabbit holes and that looks interesting and I'm going to learn more about that. Um, but I think it's just a curiosity thing um, and not being afraid to say, I don't know anything about that. So I'm going to go learn. You know, I did the, as I told you, I'd never had this formal marketing training. So I did with my leadership team at KFC a few years back, two years ago now, maybe, or maybe, I, I don't know the time. It doesn't matter. Um, we did the mini MBA in brand management with Mark Ritson. We did it all together. So we'd have a shared language. I learned masses, you know, and I'm not afraid to say as a CMO, I was like, I'm going to go learn about marketing. Um, and it's, you know, gosh, and I wish I would do it again. If I, if I could, I, you know, I'll do it with my team at Asda probably. Um, it's just the chance to have shared learning. I believe, I believe in like being curious then um, yeah, being humble enough to say, you don't know. And then doing that with your team. Um, Cause it's amazing what you can learn together when you're all kind of exhibiting those behaviors. Meg, and then there was a, a second question. There was a second question, but now I forgot what it was. I'm sorry. Right. Richard. Oh, work, work, work super hard, long hours. Oh, does that come you know into what? it? Um, I think, look, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I, before I had my first child, I did work. I was working hard and I was pregnant and I had this thing of like, I have to, I, I got pregnant really like quite quick early on in my career at KFC and I felt guilty. I shouldn't have, they didn't make me feel guilty. That was me making myself feel like that. Um, but then, you know what? I was, I came back and I had a baby and I couldn't work a million hours and I was so much better for not having done it. Um, I think there's times when you, when actually you need to like put your nose to the grindstone and you need to like deliver, you know, you need to deliver something or it's a tough time or sometimes the hours, it just happens. But I don't think all the time, I think in my head and at least in, you know, in my sector and our business, there's something wrong if someone is working 80 hours a week. That's just like, that. it's not healthy. We're not getting the best out of that person, I don't think, you know, because they're not looking after their own selves. Um, so I would say, look, sometimes you've got to work the hours, you know, especially in a new job. If you, you know, you're learning something new, it takes you longer. Um, yeah. Um, so but all the time, that's not right. Maybe if you're like a banker or a corporate lawyer. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Megan, uh, fantastic insights. Unfortunately, the time our time is up. Uh, it's been amazing. Meg, you are a superstar. 
Oh, and be, it's been lovely to have you on. I'm going to do a quick, quick recap and then hand to Richie to close, um, close us out. So uh, you said over the last 18 months, you've learned a lot about yourself and what's important. And thanks for bringing that to life. And a key part of that is balance. And I love the expression. I didn't know what I, that I didn't have it. And yeah. um, we probably all learned a bit of that. Um, you showed loads of vulnerability, which has been fantastic. You've talked about how you've been able to take risks, follow your instinct. Um, 50% pay cut. Not many people would do that. But look how it's paid dividends in the long term. The persistence of keep pitching yourself for a job you really want. Um, I love the thought about good stress and bad stress. I didn't know it takes 21 days to get rid of the cortisol. <laughs> Whoops. Um, but uh, I love the fact you talk openly about needing to look after yourself. Not many people talk about that openly. Um, it might seem like a frivolous or indulgent thing, but of course it's not. Um, I love the fact you said, I appreciate that person. Um, not in an arrogant or an egotistical way, but in a, you know, I, I like myself way. I think that's that was fantastic. Uh, you talked about curiosity, humility, and courage. Um, but the key things that I take away from this session, the two key things, is I think you are very human. And mm. I think at some level you're quite fearless. But again, not in a brash or arrogant way. So I think those are brilliant qualities. I think you'll take those into Asda and it will be an amazing experience for you and everyone around you. And you'll build a confident team. And so I just want to say thank you for your brilliant insights. And all the very best of luck at Asda. And over to you, Richie. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Mark. You. Um, so, look, first of all, first off the, off the bat, Max, we've, you, you, you know, we've never had a guest come on at 3 a.m. before. Um, and so to that end, you know, you can just you can see the energy that you bring in. And to, to share with us, you know, so many great insights at 3 a.m. is absolutely phenomenal. Because if anybody asked me to do it, I'd be an absolute flipping wreck. So there you go, right? That in itself is just incredible. Um, just a quick comment from Sheila there. She says, um, Megan, if you haven't already read it, I recommend Grace Dent's memoir, Hunger, or Hungry, sorry. Um, mm -hmm. Much of a childhood was spent at Asda. So it's a great book. So maybe that's a bit oh. of a, a precursor to Brilliant. where you're about to embark on. Um, Thank a bit you. of a nugget there for you. Um, but yes, look, over, overarching, it was just a, a brilliant, brilliant session. I think Mark, Mark summed up just you know, absolutely fantastically about, about some of the key things that we've learned here today. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Megan. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope you get some sleep now um, and you can walk in to have a good, good time with your family um, because you've just arrived there as well. Um, so, guys, I, I know we're out of time. So for anybody um, else, as you know, we're here every week, every Friday morning at 8 a.m. UK time or our uh, US time, 3 a.m., depending when you want to tune in from. Um, but uh, next week, we've got Kathleen Saxon, who's the MD of MediaLink. I'm an awesome speaker, an awesome person, and she's had such a fantastic career as well. So tune in next Friday, 8 a.m.